Truth is the authority. All right, first thing, bring your A game because I'll take nothing less. I mean, we don't need more regulations. We need far less of them. We're going to have an open and honest discussion, but the numbers are what matter. The facts matter. Forget about the Republicans and the Democrats for a minute. Let's talk about the people. I've lived the American dream, and I want so many more people to be able to live the American dream. My show is what it says. It's common sense. We've jettisoned political correctness. It's principles and policies that work for everybody. I just want to talk about how to fix this country. The David Webb Show. I don't know how many of you knew this. Some of you actually have known me a long time. You've probably heard at some point, but I was a swimmer in high school. First letter was in swimming. I was not a great swimmer. (laughs) I did okay. We had an undefeated team, won championships. That was all great because we had really, really good people there. Really great swimmers. Some who went on to uh, be in the Olympics, alternates on the Olympic team. Had I been able to swim with the women, or I guess compete against the women, I probably would have been a you know, fairly mediocre but good swimmer and probably could have won a few trophies. So when I see these stories like what's happening at the University of Pennsylvania, I get it. I get it. Do you? What it's doing to women's sports is a travesty at the K-12 or the collegiate level. You can't change. You can change the outer coding, I guess, but the inner gene, the chromosomal level, can be affected but not changed. Some of the basic things and the differences between men and women are just there. And swimmers don't compete with identities. You compete with people, no matter how they identify Terry Schilling, executive director of the American Principles Project, joins me now. Governor Christy Nome and legislation that would limit participation in female sports, both at the collegiate and K-12 levels, and based on the sex identified on an athlete's birth certificate. Terry, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me. Well, good to have you here, Terry. Let's dive right in. To actually didn't mean to say it that way, but let's dive right into the pool on this one. The legislation, the focus, and the possibility. Well, so uh, Chrissy Nome's legislation is actually very good. Uh, we uh, we have a mixed relationship at American Princess Part of Christie because. Um, you know, of the whole fiasco last year, there was a lot of confusion about what her veto would do and what um, the, her executive orders would do. Um, but this new legislation she's come out with is very, very strong. Um, and there are a few little kinks to work out um, in the state legislature on it. But it, overall, we're very, very happy with it. It's a, it's a fair bill and it will protect girls sports. Now, you mentioned this Leah Thomas uh, from the University of Pennsylvania. And this is one of the most egregious cases that we've seen to date. I mean, we've seen the track runners in Connecticut in high school that have just blown away the competition. This Leah Thomas, though, his records are incredible, right? Like, when he was competing as a male, he beat Katie Ledecky's records 
in the 500-yard freestyle, the 1,000-yard freestyle, and the 1,650-yard freestyle. This is not, um, you know, someone that has been competing against uh, women his whole life or, you know, identifying as women his whole life. This is someone that's been competing against men his whole life. And so he went through male puberty. He has tons of testosterone that's been flowing through him that helped build his body the way it is. It's just completely unfair. And to see the University of Pennsylvania send out press releases bragging about Leah Thomas, a transgendered male uh, who was identifying as a female, beating women's records and, and beating the competition, it's almost like we're in clown world. I mean, it's, it's upside down. It's totally backwards. And it just you wonder when these, these student athletes are going to really stand up and start protesting this because the, the ball's really in their court at this point in time. Yeah, you look, the athletes are, and I agree with you, but they're in a difficult position, right? And some of them have said so quietly and off the record or anonymously that they, if they suddenly speak up for their rights, right, their rights to compete for their life as a woman and, you know, to further themselves in sports, that they'll suddenly be ostracized, shut down, outright attacked. We've seen that happen in the collegiate level. But, you know, Terry, Who's who does the University of Pennsylvania think is buying this? And, and I'll put it in this frame. Okay, you have a certain group of people across America, maybe across the world, that are going, "Oh, great, transgender sports," and da da da, and they're on and on. The majority of the population, majority of the the United States, reasonable people, not political party, when they look at this, I mean. It, it would seem to me that they're just laughing at you, Penn, going, seriously, you're going along with this just farce? They are. They are. Americans, first of all, Americans really, when they hear the word transgender woman, they don't really know what that means. Uh, a lot of, uh, they've done studies on this, a lot of, the, a lot of these people think that it's a, it's a woman who identifies as male. There's a lot of confusion, and that's part of the game here. Um, but yeah, no, people understand what's happening here and they know it's inherently unfair, but they're afraid to speak out. And the problem with, with that, with this dynamic that we're in, and, and let's be very clear, David, I think you're right. I think you have to be sober. There are consequences to speaking out. Um, and there are consequences, not just for these athletes when they speak out, there are consequences for individuals who aren't even in a related field speaking out. I mean, people get fired for having the wrong opinions on gender. And, and on sexuality and all of this. Uh, but look, they have the backing in the mainstream media, right? And that is the biggest problem here is there's not going to be any consequence. In reality, what the University of Pennsylvania is doing is they are violating Title IX. Title IX was established as, as part of civil rights to establish equal opportunities for women in sports. And it's based on biological sex, not whatever identity you choose to identify as. So they are violating Title IX, and, and the best way to change this is to get a new president in there, get a new Department of Education secretary, a new Department of Justice that will go in and prosecute these people and take away their federal funding. They're getting, they're getting federal funding for Title IX to allow this Leah Thomas male to compete against women. It's not fair. It's not fair to the schools that are playing by the rules, and they all need to be held accountable. Yeah, I mean, you have, <clears throat> excuse me, in this case, Leah, formerly Will Thomas, right? Again, as you said, competed all his life as a as a male, meets the minimum standard, if you will, of the NCAA to compete as a female. And I've got to ask the other questions. 
Okay, the parents who are either paying, you've got the kids who work hard, whether they're on scholarship or not. You've got parents paying tuition to send. Then you add to that the legal point you just brought up, which is an important one. Title IX was in part a way to <clears throat> excuse me, end discrimination or advance women's sports, depending on how you look at it. But now it's actually being used to enforce discrimination against the women born biological women who get into this sport. I mean, where are the parents? Uh, where, where are the the other players in this drama? Exactly. Well, so th this is what I've been telling uh, the parents, especially the fathers, is right now is the time where you have to empower your daughters. You have to teach them that sometimes you have to stand up for what you believe in regardless of the consequences. You know, America is a brave nation. It's a nation built on courageous pioneers who took great risks at their own peril so that their family, their future loved ones could have a better future, right? That, that is what this country was built on. And this is no longer about these female athletes that are currently competing, unfortunately. This is about the next generation. If, if these female athletes, if these fathers don't start empowering their daughters, to stand up for themselves, to, to, to take a stand here. Women, the daughters of these female athletes, will be watching their women's sports from the sidelines. That's just the reality, because if we don't stop it, it's going to get worse. And it had, I've been saying this for the past three years. We started with one small case and then in Connecticut, and then it led to other several cases, and now we're here at the university level. It's never going to stop. And this is David, this is about a cause greater than ourselves right now. And I think that that's one, one area where America's gone wrong is that we've become too me-centered, me, too I-centered. And we need to start focusing on the future. We need to start focusing on the next generation of Americans. Because if we don't, there's not going to be a next generation of Americans. There's not going to be a future in America. So I, if I was a parent, I would be encouraging my daughter. I would be staying right there with them, backing them up. I would be giving them every opportunity and empowering them to do the right thing and speak up regardless of the consequences, the short-term consequences, by the way, these, these athletes will be heroes and they will be the saviors of women's sports if they stand up and make the right call here. And that's a much bigger legacy than any, you know, major record set in, in a, in a one-off tournament that they're going to go through. Yeah. Look, the future of this can affect, I don't know, whatever the, un, the untold numbers to come. Let's go back to the Christy Nome effort here and this legislation you know doing this at the state level which i agree with I, I think this is where a governor's office steps in do you expect more governors to step up to this has been there been any indication and i'm not even drawing a red and blue line on this because that's often the line drawn but there are universities and schools of all levels in every state where if this continues women's sports will be perverted. Yes. Uh, this is happening um, across the country, David. Uh, so I, I'm not sure if you're aware of the history, but um, this is the specialty of my organization, American Principles Project. We think that culture in some ways can be downstream of politics. I know that's against the conventional wisdom, but what we've seen is we spent $7 million to help President Trump and, and Republicans in 2020 uh, get elected, and we use the the issue of women's sports and showing Democrat extremism on this. Well, after we spent seven million dollars, 
we went from five states introducing legislation to over 39 states introducing legislation on this. And we're now up to nine states that have passed legislation to protect women's sports. So we think that there's going to be even more because the politicians are finally understanding the political opportunity in protecting women's sports. You know, that, that's what politics is. It's, it's taking a position that the people hold and, and benefiting from that and, and, and getting reelected from it. It's, there's nothing shameful about it. You do the right thing uh, and, and you get rewarded for it. And, and we expect more states to pass this. Christy Nome's evolution on this and her getting more comfortable with this issue is a big tell. You know, we have Texas that has passed legislation on this. We have Florida that's passed legislation, Tennessee. We're going to have even more states this year introduce, legisl- <laughs> introduce legislation and pass it. Yeah, but from uh, another perspective, I know how you feel about the throat, mine suffering from a, from a, a, my my non vacation. So I'm with you on that. So I apologize to the audience for mine too, for a few more days. Um, but you know, Terry, on another point of this, and you know, if you look at collegiate sports, the different conferences and the teams, you know, I wonder if there will be a bit of a payoff for those that remain fair to the male female dynamic, right? Male sports, female sports, and those colleges and universities that love the money that come in, but find out they're not competitive, which then reduces the money that comes in, small though it may be, from some of the women's sports. No, I, yeah, I think that's probably right. I think that one of the issues is that, you know, and this is part of the dynamic. This is why it's important to protect women's sports and their opportunities is because women's sports just doesn't draw as many fans as male sports do. So that, that's part of why these schools are caving on this. Not even know if they're caving, but they're advancing this transgender agenda. Um, it's because, it, you know, the only way up that they can go is, or I'm sorry, the only way that they can go is up. Um, they want more attention. They want more people filling up. They want more controversy, and that's part of why they're doing this. But men's sports is a lot more competitive, and it draws a lot more eyeballs. I think the next iteration. So if I'm if I'm Governor Ron DeSantis, I'm taking it to the next step. Uh, he's already banned uh, men from competing in sports in in Florida athletics. Next thing I would do is I would ban funding for uh, competitions that allow from other schools. Uh, you know, when you have a competition or a tournament in, te- or in, in Florida and other schools that don't have these uh, rules and regulations, they should not be able to allow their male swimmers to come and compete against the, the female athletes in Florida. I think that's the next step. You have to start getting to where you, there's consequences to violating Title IX. And, um, and I think that's probably the next step is, is actually, like, putting some, some more onerous regulations on it and protections for women's sports. In a nutshell, put boundaries around the borders of your state. If you want to be fair, <laughs> all that come into the state and complete. It's it's reality. And your point about what it will do down the line, not only to the sports, but then see it expands. It goes beyond that. It, this is part of a of a larger agenda. And look, I, I have nothing. If you're trans and that's your life and that's where you're going, that's fine. No different than I'm a black man and that's my life and I'm where I'm going. But the problem becomes when you start to force one agenda over others, uh, even those without an agenda. Now you're imposing on my constitutional space. Now you're affecting the sport, the people. You know, the Connecticut girls, they lost college uh, opportunities. They lost scholarships. Did that help the sport or hurt the sport? Or what about the next group of women to come through? 
Exactly. No, that, but these are the these are the questions, and and the, the answers are obvious. These the, the allowing this to happen is obviously affronting a group in America's rights, and that's women, and they're very very important to the future of this country. You know, I David, I don't know if you have girls. I have two daughters. I have a third on the way, and um, these opportunities are huge. It, it not not only does it build strength and determination and, and discipline, it builds resolve. It shows them that they can do things. <laughs> you know, it empowers them in incredible ways. And when you allow these males to come in and just destroy them in the competition, it takes away their self-confidence. It takes away their, their, their openness and their willingness to try and compete and do better in other areas as well. What is the point in competing and working hard and training and waking up early? I mean, these college athletes, these high school athletes even, they wake up very early and they work their butts off to compete. And when you, you're stealing from them, basically, that's what you're doing. You're robbing them of all of that hard work, of all of that discipline, of all that sacrifice, and you're teaching them a very bad lesson, that if you have a louder bullhorn and if you know the right people, that if you have friends in high places, uh, that you can get away with, with, with theft, that you can get away with really bad things. And it's, it's, it's going to have bigger ramifications than just sports and women's opportunities. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it has uh, societal ramifications. It's part of a greater, greater danger to our society, to our children, and, and to those parents out there. You're going to take a lot of heat. And to the kids, you're going to take a lot of heat, but that could be part of life's lesson when to get into a fight because there's a fight bigger even than you. It's a tough one. I, I don't envy them that position. Not everybody likes to get into the fight like I do. Uh, Terry, thank you as always. Keep up the good work over at American Principles Project. Thanks so much, David. Have a great day. Thank you. 866-95-PATRIOT. All right, back to the phones next. <laughs> 